I'm Rory Green from XR Today, bringing you the latest in news and conversation from the extended reality space. Joining me today is Jake Steinman, the Head of Community at Spatial. Welcome and thank you for joining me today, mate. Hey, Rory. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Fantastic. Brilliant. So why don't we start this conversation off by getting a little introduction to Spatial and what sets it apart as a metaverse solution, especially in this current day with so many competitors out there? Totally, yeah. So Spatial, uh, we're a leading 3D social and co-experience platform uh, that creatives can use to build and share interactive uh, experiences and worlds uh, online. And one of the big differentiators for Spatial is the ability to really build using existing tools that you know and love today in terms of for creators and builders, and then make those experiences instantly accessible in a web browser, first and foremost, and then also on mobile, iOS and Android, and in VR. So you can have these, these 3D worlds, these 3D experiences accessible anywhere and everywhere, uh, and you can you know, inhabit those experiences using a really wide range of, of avatar options. Fantastic. And from that idea of anywhere and everywhere, I imagine that flows into the new creator toolkit that you unveiled at GDC this year. Would you mind doing a little bit of a deeper dive into that creator toolkit and then also perhaps how it um, how it fosters that everywhere, everything mindset? Yeah, definitely. So you know, over the years, you know, we've really gone on a journey with Spatial with, with creators and with our community, which has been growing exponentially over the last couple of years. You know, we started as uh, a platform solely on on headsets, on the HoloLens and Magic Leap, etc. Um, and as we've evolved over time onto different platforms like web and mobile, the types of experiences that people and builders have been creating, and the types of experiences that um, explorers, as we call them, you know, non-builders have been wanting as well, has, has changed over that time. Starting as a collaboration platform, moving into art galleries and things like that, more passive social experiences. And then going into the end of last year, uh, the community is really looking for, and you're starting to see this at an industry level as well, more interactive experiences, more things to do once you come into an experience or more guidance on what there is to do when you come into these 3D worlds. Because it's a 3D world that's so expansive, there's so many things that you could do or go and see um, that you know builders and creators needed more capabilities and things that they could use to build those experiences with. So Spatial being built on Unity uh, as a whole, uh, we wanted to take the power of Unity and give that back to creators and make it really easy for them to build on top of Unity and then publish that directly to Spatial. So our Creator Toolkit is also known as our Unity SDK. So you can build in Unity, um, basically using anything out of the box with Unity today. And then we give you a set of tools that layer into Spatial's platform uh, so you can publish your Unity experience, your Unity game, and then with one click, that experience instantly becomes accessible on web, mobile, and VR. So it's never been easier as a developer, even if you don't consider yourself a developer or game developer, to take a Unity experience and make it extremely accessible through our Creator Toolkit. And that's fantastic. Obviously, the uh, prospects of a platform, a cross-platform like that is uh, wide and expansive. I guess there's also good room for um, a good opportunity, excuse me, for branded content and for brands to take hold of that creator toolkit also. Exactly. Yeah. Brands, you know, especially now with, with the metaverse hype, um, which, you know, hasn't receded at all, despite what there might be in headlines, you know, brands are really looking to, to get into these experiences and get into this new world, you know, web three, the metaverse, immersive experiences, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we've worked with a lot of brands, everyone from, uh, Hugh Blow to Hugo Boss to Tommy Hilfiger, 
um, McDonald's, the Utah Jazz, so many more, um, an endless number of, of brands that we've worked with. And they're all looking for that next level experience for their consumers and their, their fans and their communities are looking for uh, better ways to engage with those brands. More than just looking at a video or an image, they actually want to interact with those brands directly. Um, so for example, Hugo Boss launched uh, the Boss Immersive Showroom uh, a few weeks ago during Metaverse Fashion Week, where it's a space that you can come into and not just look at the latest fashion, but actually go on a quest through that space, collect collectibles through that space. And as you're doing that, learning about the latest fashion, meeting other, meeting other people who are in that space at the same time, who you are really excited about the latest designs um, from Hugo Boss. And then at the end of that uh, that quest, you actually get rewarded with uh, a virtual Hugo Boss wearable that you can put on your avatar via Ready Player Me and wear anywhere throughout Spatial or really anywhere that Ready Player Me is accessible with just thousands of other platforms. Fantastic and that's a great um, Ready Player Me being a great um, uh, company to work with and uh, I just wanted to also uh, bring it over to engagement and retention you know I wanted to ask you why have you shifted on interactivity in gaming um, and I imagine it has a lot to do with audience retention, audience engagement, and uh, new ways of harnessing that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely giving you know creators you know more tools to build, but also giving those explorers, those visitors, more things to do. Um, so they spend more time in the spaces, right? Because you can come to an art gallery, and there's still so many people that are creating galleries um, for their art as well. Um, but giving people more things to do makes it a more fulfilling experience once you're there. And, you know, as a byproduct of that, you're spending more time, you know, not necessarily just spending more time by yourself, but you're spending time with other people, meeting other people, socializing, doing things together. Think of it like when you go out um, with friends, you know, into town to, to do something, you know, do an activity, you want to do something together. It's the act of socializing. It's the same idea with, you know, the, these virtual spaces and, and spatial and other platforms like it is that you want to go with your friends to go do something together. Um, you know, over the last year, that's been going to art galleries and, and going to concerts and, and musical events and things like that. And now it's just adding the next thing is, hey, now we can go, you know, play a game of mini golf or we can go on a drive, you know, through some like really cool cityscape or race each other and things like that and have it be really accessible. And all these experiences are being created by, you know, indie developers or everyone from indie developers to big studios. So you're getting a, a huge range of the types of content that you wouldn't normally get from, say, I'd say previous generations of, of game development since the tools are so accessible and the distribution platforms and methods um, are so accessible. So that's that's really what it's all about is giving people just giving, you know, spatians, as we call them, our community and really the, the Internet at large, more things to do uh, and have fun with uh, when they're in these virtual worlds. Brilliant. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into the metaverse, <clears throat> excuse me, but also I would like to ask about some of uh, ask about the importance of really considering those developers at all levels, as you say, making accessible tools. Um, how, how do you approach uh, metaverse or immersive content developers at all level? What tools do you give them? Yeah, so you know, Spatial, we started as a platform where you can just drag and drop right in a browser. Um, so you have either 2D or 3D content and just drag and drop it right into a space. You can create a new space with a click and drag and drop and move your content around and have an immersive space. Um, so even if you just have, if you're a photographer who just has images and you want to put them up in a space, you can do that without having to code. Um, but for those who really, and we've had creators who have been gone on this journey with us as we've added more tools to the tool set, to the ecosystem, who have been learning with us. So um, with Unity, it's great because 
we're bringing in tons of uh, really experienced Unity developers who know Unity, right? There's over a million, uh, or I'd say even you know millions of Unity developers out there today who can take advantage of this. They don't have to learn a new you know studio tool or some new building solution in order to take advantage uh, of of spatial. They can use something they know and love. But for uh, you know the wider community, people who are kind of been on this journey with us, learning these tools. Um, are learning how to use Unity. They're getting upskilled. Artists who were maybe more 2D artists um, or just 3D artists making 3D sculptures and things like that have been getting upskilled into this 3D world. Um, and we're really trying to turn Spatial into basically the YouTube for 3D immersive experiences, the YouTube for the metaverse, basically. How do you um, make you know builders today essentially the influencers of tomorrow? Uh, and just like you know, various Adobe tools, iMovie, etc., were what are what you know YouTubers today use to create content among the endless other tools. Unity is really becoming the tool for Web3 and, and the metaverse um, because it's so easy and accessible to build with that and now publish it and make that accessible to a huge audience. Fantastic. That's some really interesting thoughts. Um, I just wanted to ask, and you kind of meant, you kind of cover this in what you've just said, but how have you, as in spatial, reacted to the past year of metaverse hype? Obviously, it was very much in the news, and there was a lot of um, naysayers, and then the, the opposite. Um, how have you reacted to that metaverse hype leading into twenty twenty three? Yeah. So, I mean, we've. I mean, I think that the hype that you know companies like Meta, of course, have have stoked in, in that excitement with Meta have, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's definitely, you know, from a spatial perspective, um, definitely uh, helped us a ton. And it's brought a lot of, you know, of course, developers and builders away, but also, like I mentioned before, a lot of brands are away too, that are looking for ways to um, take advantage, not just to take advantage, but leverage this new medium, and a new way of, of interacting with their communities. And it's funny, you know, we used to be this uh, back, you know, say three years ago, we were this uh, enterprise collaboration platform where companies would use us like Ford and, and Pfizer and, and Mattel uh, would use Spatial for internal productivity. Um, but now a lot of those similar companies and brands that we've worked with, you know, before we were working with internal IT teams, and now we're working with those same a lot of those same companies and brands, but more their external marketing agencies. Um, so it's it's the the conversation has shifted in terms of how do we use this internally, but more of how do we use this externally uh, to engage uh, to engage brands and, and introduce a new medium. You know, for a lot of these uh, for a lot of these brands. It's um, almost as if you can now own your own Disneyland in a sense, right? You can now build your own immersive experience. It's all about, you know, the metaverse's immersive experience is all about creating memories, um, right? Whether you're trying to sell a product or you're just trying to tell a story or whatever it is you're trying to do, it's all about creating memories at the end of the day. Um, and now that's this tool set has really been unleashed uh, for everyone, which is, uh, which is really, really exciting. I think the, the thing to, to realize, and I think something you know, we've always tried to push from day one at Spatial, or even the early days at Spatial, is you know, these, the metaverse, you know, XR, all these things, doesn't have to and, and won't today um, be forced into a headset. I think we very much believe in that headset-based future. Uh, right, we're all wearing glasses, you know, headsets, VR headsets, etc. Whatever Apple develops in the future, Quest headsets and other and other headsets that come on the market, you know, in the coming years, we're still very much there. It's why we're still on the Meta Quest, um, and and again, we'll support other headsets in the future. But knowing that we need to meet people where they are today, if if these if the metaverse, if these immersive experiences. 
um, XR, et cetera, are going to be mass market. Um, you know, we, we've realized that you have to meet people where they are. That's the, to be realistic about it. Um, and that's today in a web browser. Everyone's got a web browser. Everyone's got a computer of some kind. Um, and of course, everyone has a smartphone today. Um, so that's why it's been important for us to really push the limits in terms of what you can do in a web browser with nothing to install. You click a link, just like you click on a tweet or a YouTube video, and boom, you're in, you're watching it, you're looking at that content. Same, same goes for these immersive spaces. And what we're finding is, you know, while still today the vast majority um, of our community, of our users, are on web and mobile, every time someone goes into, or, or a lot of the time that people go into these experiences on web and mobile, they're immediately interested in, all right, how do I get that next level experience? Or I've gotten my foot in the door. This seems really cool. I'm meeting people. This is amazing that I can like be talking to someone else across the world and we're sharing space with each other. And then that's, that's the onboard ramp for them to say, all right, I've had, I have an account. I've had that kind of baseline experience. Now, all right, I can go, go to my local electronics store or Amazon or wherever, order the headset and jump in. That's when that's the, where the conversion process happens. Converting people right off the bat into a headset is is a challenge, which is ironically you know, something you know, we was really pushed on us during during COVID when it was hard to to put people in a headset who didn't own one. Um, so we had to find other avenues to get people into these experiences, which was which was web and mobile. Um, so I think you know, to to other to brands and, and other platforms out there is really don't overlook web. Even though it's a it's a platform technology that's been around for you know thirty years now, um, it's really going to be what makes XR successful in the long term, and that's why we're so dedicated to it. Very well said. Very well said. Um, before we close off, I just wanted to also ask: What are your thought? What are the benefits? Excuse me, of a MR metaverse or a mixed reality metaverse over a more conventional a virtual reality metaverse? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's the the future, and it's. You know, we still have in, in our platform, um, while we don't support uh, XR devices today outside of the MetaQuest, you know, um, we still have an AR mode in our mobile app, actually. And people, our community loves to use it. They love um, just seeing the reactions when people discover that. It's not something we have, we've advertised in a while. It's a feature we've had for a few years, um, I think two or three years now. But when people in our community discover that there's this augmented reality mode in our mobile app, um, if you go on Twitter, you'll see people posting about it. They're going wild. They're like, this is so cool. Like I see like my friends, they're like here in my room with me and I see the space that I made. It's kind of integrated or meshed into the world with me too. Um, I've seen, I've seen people react that way in, in real life when I've been next to them and introduced that feature to them. It's, it's amazing to see people do that. And I always think, you know, having the mixture between, you know, reality, a, a mixed reality world and a fully virtual world. Um, is is really important because there's going to be experiences that require both, right? If you're walking down the street um, and you know there's some sort of experience that meshes with your real world, we've seen it with, with like snap lenses and and Instagram filters and things like that. Um, I think those kinds of experiences really help people understand like how uh, transformative you know XR can be. Uh, but then there's going to be other experiences that you want to be fully immersed or have a bridge between the two, right? Um, and I think that's extremely important um, for where this is going. Obviously, to get there, things like that, you aren't able to do in a web browser um, today. But having those experiences be really accessible, of course, those, they're going to be, have to deliver through a headset is the ultimate form factor that you know, we're all you know, waiting for when it's all just looks like you know, a pair of glasses like this. 
Um, and you know, us at Spatial, we're ready for that. You know, when that when that technology is there, and as like the mass market, you know, it's going to be a slow roll. Even Facebook has said, you know, their vision of the metaverse that they showed off two years ago um, is ten years away. Um, and when I hear, you know, ten years away from someone who's investing that much money in it as as Meta is, you know, it might be longer than that. But it's not. It doesn't mean that we have to sit and kind of just wait for that. But um, you know, creators out there today are already building these experiences. You know, we have um, over a million uh, creators on Spatial today. We have millions of worlds that have been created today uh, with our Creator Toolkit, which was only just launched um, a couple of months ago. We already have nearly 4,000 developers building with our Creator Toolkit. So there's a real hunger out there to build these immersive experiences, whether that's, you know, VR or AR or whatever it is. Um, so when we do kind of like all of a sudden look up and realize that we're at that top of that mountain with that, you know, that dream XR device, that content's going to be there. And that's because the builders today are building that content uh, with tools like our creator toolkit. Fantastic. And um, that's brilliant news. And it's great to hear that creator toolkit has had such a great response already. Um, finally, I just want to wrap up. Um, and it sounds like you're quite confident with the uh, future of the metaverse, but I just want to ask you, what is the state of the metaverse going into 2023? And then also, what are your future predictions for it? Um, I appreciate the fact you mentioned sort of the 10-year development cycle that it may take. Um, how far do you think we are in this metaverse cycle, and how long do you think we have going? It's really hard to say if I told you, like, hey, it's going to be another three years, I'd be completely, <laughs> I'd be completely lying to you. So it's, it's really hard to know, right? Because there's, there's so many different factors that come into play. But I think with, you know, with any good technology, it's going to be, there's going to be these step changes. There will be these big moments, like, you know, if it, you know, if the Apple headset, which is all the rumors are, are being talked about, you know, that comes to fruition, I think that'll be a big moment that really lights a fire under um, the XR market, which I think has kind of been waiting for that a little bit. Um, you'll see, I think, a, more, a flood of more devices to the market. And with that, a flood of more content or a flood of more, you know, creators looking for more tools to better create that content. You know, what's going to be the, the TikTok um, of, of the metaverse in terms of like easy creation tools? Um, of course, we're hoping you know to be a part of that conversation. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a solo. But I think what we're seeing today is, um, like I said, once now that the brands are here and and the, and and the artists, we're working with like also very big name artists as well, artists like Miguel uh, and many others um, who are not just you know looking at or thinking about the metaverse, but they're actively building in it. I think now once it starts to become part of pop culture uh, and that conversation. That now that's where it really hits its inflection point. So I see. I really think 2023 is going to be an inflection point um, for the metaverse and XR. I know there's been a lot of neg negative articles, you know, around uh, the metaverse, um, but I think once we take a step back and realize that the metaverse is more than you know, say just meta. The meta is all about immersive experiences, and there's you know, independent individual creators building those experiences, being like really the beating heart uh, of the metaverse. Um, you'll see you know, this year be a real inflection point in, in when things get built. Um, and then beyond 2023, it's really hard to say, but I think that, you know, combined with that is this is also the year that creators are going to start, you know, making money from the metaverse as well. Um, you know, we're, we've talked about at GDC, uh, one of the things I didn't mention earlier um, is that we are rolling out monetization strategies for our creators uh, on Spatial. So stay tuned for more on that uh, coming in June. Um, but, you know, we know there's been creators building us for a long time and they've built up their communities. Um, they've built up their, their stories. 
uh, and we want to you know make that worthwhile for them, but also in a way that's worthwhile for their community as well, something that enhances the experiences that they're building. Um, but stay tuned for more on that this year. But I think that's a trend that we're going to see across um, many different platforms in addition to spatial. Fantastic. That's all incredibly insightful stuff. Um, thank you so much for your thoughts. So you asked um, people to tune in. Where can they tune in? And what's the best way for them to keep up to date with everything spatial? Yeah, so you can follow us at spatial underscore IO on basically all the different uh, social medias. We've got a thriving Discord as well. Uh, if you go to uh, spatial.io slash Discord, um, and also recommend, you know, if you're interested in building or curious more about our creator toolkit, um, if you go to spatial.io slash toolkit, um, you can see everything you can build in there, everything from drivable vehicles to custom avatars to, you know, incredibly beautiful worlds that utilize Unity URP, um, you know, everything in between. Uh, and feel free to reach out to me if you have more questions or, or want to learn more, um, you know, and um, my, my DMs are open. You can follow me at J.A. Steinerman. More than happy to chat with the XR community. Fantastic. Thank you for so much for all of that. Um, that's it from myself. To get more XR news, you can subscribe to the XR Today news channel and by following our social pages. I'm Rudy Green from XR Today. Thank you very much for watching.